to Friday. Friday. <laughs> Let's I all just, be black trying this word. <laughs> Terrific no. intro. Or Hagrid. Hey guys, look, there's four of us again, and it's Friday. Four yeah. people on Friday. You like those uh, those rhymes? Friday fours. Fantastic Friday four. I like it's the alliteration. alliteration. Welcome to Game of Bones, well, aka Goo. We are not an alliteration, but we offer all of the speaking opportunities for Micah. Yep, so get ready. It's about to be uh, 45 minutes of me. I, you know, I would listen to that. I think a lot of people that listen to our show would also do that. It's like a sleep timer almost. People buy alarm clocks for it, except Yeah, it's very soothing. Free. So I should yeah. do overnight radio? It's like a velvety saying? blanket. Yes. Did you hear that, Micah? She called you a, a velvety blanket. <laughs> if she only knew. We're, we're coming at you. I was going to say live, but we're not live. We're coming at you through um, – you probably have a phone in your hand or you're listening to us through something that has a screen. I think we can all agree with that, right? Yeah. No, that sounds about right. All right. So you, you look on the screen and you maybe see the episode and, or maybe you see some news, news articles that you've been reading or maybe you see the, the episode that we published on Monday that Kate joined us on for her first time ever on Game of Bones. Yes. I guess we're we're glad to have you back again on Friday. We, uh, I guess we whatever. didn't scare her away yet. Yet, and the listeners didn't scare her away either. I I think that it it should be said that you guys really came out and like welcomed her super well, probably better than we welcomed her. Honestly, absolutely. Thank you. I'm I'm glad that we have these listeners who are so much nicer than the co-hosts of this show. <laughs> Just like in the world of Game <laughs> Thank of you Thrones. All. Which we podcast about. Somebody already wants to usurp you and take your place. Kate Appleby on Twitter said, listening to Game of Owns, can I be the next Kate on the podcast, please? I feel like you guys are talking to me. It's strange. When you we're think about it, yeah, we're, we're all a little bit Kate. I mean, think about it, right? Everybody's got a little Kate. Mm-hmm. That's what I always say. We have to go back. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, see? Perfect. If you're joining us today, it means that you probably had fun on our Monday episode where we talked about the Breaker of Chains. Yeah, absolutely. I think this show in particular... It's so it's it's so thick and it requires so much digestion that <laughs> at first blush everything's going to be quite a bit different than it is 4 or 5 days down the road which is where we are now. It's like um, a hearty stew. It is it is. Yeah. You know you want to savor it for a little while. Rabbit you don't stew. To that stew? No way. A nice brace of conies. Let's go get some <laughs> rabbit stew after <laughs> done recording. I really like the couple of days to reflect it's like a reflection period where you can go back and you can rewatch the episode if you so choose but i I really did think though on monday's episode we went pretty in depth on most of the scenes that were in that episode whereas i think the week before a lot of the focus was on the the purple wedding Mm -hmm. and rightly so Mm -hmm. it did take up a large majority of the episode but i thought with episode three we really did go uh, pretty much scene by scene and there was something in particular in um the episode two weeks ago now the uh the wedding episode and it had to deal with bran yes and i i saw a lot of comments about how we didn't really take a lot of time to go through bran's vision and to talk about what exactly did he see and what does it mean for the viewers and what does it mean for where he's going i'm glad that we were able to get into so much sunday night because it did give us an opportunity to follow up on this brand stuff which i think that you know everyone understands the reasons why on friday's episode back last week we didn't necessarily go into it because so much has been happening with joffrey and a lot happened 
from that scene in this episode. But particularly, Bran's visions are probably what's going to end up being some of the biggest things we talk about when the season's finished. Definitely. And not only that, but they there was a, a really good interview with him uh, post-episode where he got asked a lot of questions that he was hesitant at times to fully explain the answers to. Shall we watch it together? Let's let's uh let's revisit it in the land of imaginary dreams together. <laughs> I never noticed the dust in the air. That's snow or dust. Snow. <laughs> Beautiful particle effects. It's stardust. Don't touch it. This is the shot, guys. Ah the Undertaker. Now that's the crypts, right? Yeah, that's the crypts under, under Winterfell. I know that sword. I know that eyeball. Eyeball. Yep, that's a Sean. That's a Sean Beanball. If I ever saw one. Uh huh. Beanball. A beanball. <laughs> now that tree had its mouth open. Yeah. A dead horse. Iron throne. That throne room. No, it's so creepy. He falls down. Dragons. Oh, yep. Ooh. Dragons. He falls there again. He falls even faster. Wow. Nice, nice. Got some chills rewatching that. Like, what the heck just happened? The first thing that we really see, aside from him touching the tree, is the three eyed raven, right? In Winterfell. Mm-hmm. Uh just before that there's a small little second uh in which it's 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 not quite the raven yet though. And what do you see? We see the tree. We we see yep. the tree and, and, and there's um, the, tree. the camera is going through branches. Okay, so we assume that's the tree where he's looking to go. Right. Somewhere and, in the north. And that tree is shown again and again. Um, it appears to be in a vast winter wasteland. Or wonderland. <laughs> Does it not feel like it's going almost chronologically through what we've seen from the beginning of the TV series? Um, I, I feel like we've got, you know, the crypts. Um, I'm thinking of Robert and Ned going down yep, the crypts talk, together. Yeah. It's really cool reuse of footage because they show, obviously, the throne room with the ceiling caved in and snow. Right. Um, from Danny's sort of sh- yes. on the show, on the show, the House of the Undying sequence. So it's really kind of clever because it's it's kind of it brings those two characters together. They both sort of saw the same thing. Very true. And it may be from a different angle that they didn't quite use the first time around. Same with this Ned shot. Like I really don't think they keep calling Sean Bean back. Like we need a close, close, an extreme close up on right. your eye, eye, on your eyeball, your beanball. No, I think I think this is so. It shows a, a scene of the the sword being sharpened, and then it cuts to Sean Bean, what looks like him in the dungeons, um, in in King's Landing. So I think yep. I think this is just before his death. But like, uh, it, it feels like we've got you know the crypts, we've got the three eyed raven, just because mm-hmm. it needs to be in the beginning. Obviously. Right. That, that sort of links all of his dreams and all of his visions. Well, he's right. gui- yeah, he's guiding right. him through through the door he's seeing, I guess. That's that's sort of what it feels like in the show, at least. Right. He's sharpening ice, and I remember he was taking care of ice after he took care of the deserter uh, in the first episode. Yes. I just I just feel like so much of this is familiar. I mean, obviously, it's, it's recycled footage. We've got the same snow time lapse that we saw in season two, I believe. Oh. Wow, good memory. And then we've got, you know, the tree, which is which – is, New, which I guys, I don't know what to say about this. We like we didn't talk about it a few weeks ago. So much was happening with Joffrey, but this is the stuff, you know. This is yeah. the future stuff that that I, I I just don't know. I don't have anything 
I'm I'm just scared. <laughs> it's children of the forest, right? They're they're supposed to be in the trees, and there's the godswood, and the godswood always has these trees with red leaves. Yeah, it's it's clearly matching the art style of the tree that Bran works through, but you cause you mm-hmm. can see the golden shine of the sun that's reflecting off of the leaves on Hodor's face when he's behind him. Right, and that is very much happening in this frame we've got the same sort of blue and golden color temperatures being mixed together so i think they're meant to be linked and obviously they're the same type of tree but this one's much bigger right it's almost like going through a warped time machine because he's going to the past but then you also feel like he's seeing bits and pieces of the future and with ned the interesting thing for me is that he's actually seeing his father in ways that he would never have the ability to see him. That's true. Because he was at Winterfell when Ned lost his head. Well, it's it's like Jojen says, too, with the green sight, that it goes both directions in time. Um, so Jojen references having seen with his own eyes the battle at the Fist or the battle at the Trident, you know, and things like that. And it's, it's kind of like, again, the show has, like, refrained from doing flashbacks before, but... This, in a way, is its own form of, of, of flashback because you're seeing Ned alive and he's not. Right. So the question would be, how is he seeing these things? You know, there, There's a lot of different sequences here, too. There's a shot of what looks to be that young girl that we see in the opening scene in um, the first season, right? Yeah. Yeah. Who is this? This might be um, something that, that comes to me from sort of other literature, but in the, uh, in the Ender's Game sequel – uh, speaker for the dead and the sequels of that genocide um, they communicate with trees and the cool thing uh, about that is that trees live for centuries and so if you have a tree with a spirit or a mind it can share these bits of history and, and so if you can communicate with the tree if there's a spirit of the tree or in the tree they have existed so much longer than humans and so they can store these sorts of things um, it's just kind of really cool to so see that. So are you saying in some instances, though, it's it's almost like Bran is seeing through different trees, right? He's he's seeing different events that are taking place in the past, and he's seeing them through the eyes of, of possibly different werewoods that are around, whether it be north of the wall or in other places. It just seems to me as if you know, when he's seeing that shot of that that young girl – uh, that white, uh, for, for, I don't really know what else to call her, but, uh, and then he sees all those crows that are flying, you know, towards him, but that's almost the same scene that we see with Sam and Gilly when they're so running they're, away. And, and both of those shots could be from the point of view of a tree. Yeah, I would like to think that. I mean, if he yeah. has the ability to touch one, why wouldn't he have the ability to touch all of them? Well, and and they're interlinked is the thing. They're all they all get, you know, have roots in the earth and maybe those roots even touch, you know, over hundreds of kilometers. Um it's really it's a really cool thought. So whereas you have like this um possible god type uh scenario of spirits in the spiritual realm, you, you know, which is not linked to these trees specifically, um, you also have the possibility that just because that, that there was a tree somewhere physically that saw this, and that's why he's getting these visions. So it could go either way. It could right. be something that transcends time or something that's limited to as long as there was a tree around um, that it absorbed this sort of memory or imprint or something like that. Let's get into the science of things. Like I, I want to know. <laughs> I have to ask you guys to, to go to uh, 36 seconds, please, in this clip. Something really, really bothers me. So you don't like undead horses? No, the undead horse. But then if you if you watch it from there, around 38 seconds 
after the throne, uh-huh. like really quick before the raven and before Bran falling. Is that Zordon? Rangers. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys see this? It's like 38 <laughs> seconds. There's like a crystal or yeah. ice sculpture. Yeah. And there's a face. There's a spiritual looking oh face. Oh, my God. With yeah. like a hologram. I swear like, like a- Ivan Ooze has just come into the chamber <laughs> and, and broken Zordon free. And he's like going to die now. Yeah. <laughs> Can you please explain it, Mike? You know what this shit is. Goldbar flies in. Right. This is this is future. This is not something we've seen. The before, way that it? I paused it, though, it looks like the Tiki God from MTV Spring Break <laughs> back in the day. Yeah. Well, the way what? I paused it, it looks like the Gibdo mask from Majora's Mask. I yes. think we're all. I think we're all dating ourselves. I mine was Zod. I was I was sure it was like Fortress of Solitude. Zod. Yeah. That is interesting. I don't know if it's just a trick of the light um, or one of there's those. There's definitely a face in there. Statues floating, on Easter Island. What if Game of Thrones is a prequel to Power Rangers? Think about it. Angel Grove. Think about it. King's Landing. Mm. Yeah. Maybe they're all connected by a series aye, of roots. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's gotta be oh, somebody's Alpha. catchphrase eventually. Yeah, hey, Rangers. Well, yeah. We know there's just some weird <laughs> stuff that takes place beyond the wall, and it's better left to either our imaginations or watching how this all plays out the rest Definitely. of the season because. Undead horses, zombie horses, I don't know what else to call them. Half flesh torn off their face horses. Look, can we invincible. just call, can we just agree to call them Zorses? Zorses, yeah. We I'm talked on Zorses. last episode no just way. how you don't want to be a horse <laughs> on this no show way. and this continues to prove that, but there's actually a um a really quick scene towards the end of the trailer for uh Sunday's episode upcoming and I think it shows um a scene that is kind of related to both the horse that we see here as well as this reflection that we're seeing at, at about 40 seconds into Brand's vision. Maybe this is this might be a little bit nitpicky, but I'm wondering what the the transition between the crows flying at you at around 33 and the next shot of like the mid-afternoon sun behind the tree at 36 there's this weird like wicker basket transition there Mm. what the hell is that well that's the same thing that's the same thing that happens right at the front right before the raven it's like going through the branches somebody got some guy got really crazy with the handicam and was (laughs) (laughs) they have a really overzealous like second unit guy who's just who impaled himself on branches like he came out with like 15 cuts on each arm. Yeah. Because he was just running at the trees. Guys, I got all that branch footage you were after. <laughs> Thanks, Joel. It's, it's fine. And, and just, just to hurt, just not to hurt his feelings, yeah. they had to use it for the dream <laughs> sequence. They're like, where are we going to possibly use these branches? Extreme close I think that they just put them in there because they were like, we got the whole thing done, but we still have like a second and a half left that's just whites. Yeah. They're like, put the branch in there, man. They're, they're really bringing the episode up to that 53 minutes. He was like, but we, we used to branch it at 9.5, and he's like, just mirror the clip so it goes the opposite direction. He's like, got it. It's earthy. It's woodsy. It fits thematically. One other thing I want to talk about with Bran's uh, vision before I guess we kind of move on to more of the stuff that uh, we talked about in Monday's episode or follow up from that is Bran actually falling uh, because now he's clearly seeing what's happened to him and that's not something that he's remembered up until this point and part of what I have a problem here with uh, as a book reader is that he doesn't remember who pushed him from the tower Right. And he does remember that in the books. So 
I don't know if, if eventually they'll get to the point. Well, he, yeah, he's seeing himself fall, which has to be trippy, you know, because if, if this is really his vision, then he's seen his point of view, he's seen the point of view of the ground. I think the problem is that, or the narrative thing is that he's too far away to really do anything about it. Even if he does remember that it was Cersei and Jamie fucking, you know, who, who, who then pushed him out the window, what's he going to do about it? Like his journey, he's only getting further north away from everybody. And away from the politics, away from King's Landing, away from everything that's happening. And so what could he possibly do with that knowledge? It's cool, though, how as soon as he hits the ground, it changes to a shot of a dragon flying. That's cool. Is it cool or daunting? I just can't help but to look at this and think Game of Thrones, the big the big hit TV show franchise that so many people enjoy and that people make podcasts about in their free time. We're going to go ahead in season four and just put a shot of a dragon flying over King's Landing because this will happen, people. Do you think it's just a big misdirect? Because to me, it almost feels too obvious. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. But same with that shot of the snow in the throne room, right? That's just kind of – it's something that we enjoy watching because it's cool or snow enjoy seeing because it's cool. Or ash. Yeah, with the ceiling cave. I, I can't oh, discern okay. between the two, honestly. It could also be ash. I think he said that when it first aired and I think that yeah. was brilliant. Sure. But either way, it's the, it's the same type of shot, right? It's it's a distant, possible future, and and it's in there for to only be sort of thematic and not, you know, really to 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 indicate that anything's happening soon. I, I see what you're saying, though, Zach. Like, yeah, it's kind of annoying because that's probably the biggest for for good reason. It's the slowest burn um, because once dragons get to King's Landing, do we really think anybody's going to oppose them? The fact that. It, it the sequence goes from falling and we know what happens to Bran after that to him he learns to fly to him flying yeah I thought that that was that was interesting and with a dragon or at least in the shadow of a dragon no yeah, less it, I think it is interesting and I was I was actually trying to remember has Bran officially gotten word that there are dragons I don't think so yeah I don't think so either but he may be young enough to believe old Nan's stories, and according to old Nan, exactly. they still exist. Right. So I think that this vision is somehow like this. This is not just his recollection or or things that have happened to him that he's translating into real life. I think I think he's actually seeing he's seeing some shit that he yeah. would not know about otherwise. And I think that the snow on the throne. I want to believe. This is just me. This is a little fan service on my part, but I want to believe that the snow on the throne is just symbolism, and that's going to be Jon Snow on the throne. What? Oh, that would be interesting. Snap. Yeah, but if he's not actually Jon Snow, then would it actually be snow on the throne for Jon Snow? <laughs> that's the thing. Yeah. But these, you know what? Visions, they're hard to predict. You really don't know what's going to come. You kind of... Have to take I what think you you're get. onto something, though, because so much yeah. of that vision that we saw, we, we've been sitting here this entire time considering it, okay, well, this is going to happen in the future. So much of it was stuff we've already seen. What if he's seeing a raven's eye view, three-eyed raven's eye view That's a of big something that raven. happened? Yes. I mean, you know, something. maybe he's not the one casting the shadow. Yeah, it's, a, it's a great point. And I'm seeing we could, we could be seeing something that happened at King's Landing a long time ago. That's true. One of the, uh, the questions that I referenced earlier uh, in the interview with Isaac Hempstead Wright with Thronescast was, do you think Bran could ever warg into a dragon? And <laughs> I had never thought of that before, having you know, for having read the books and everything else. And he just kind of sat there for a little bit with a little smirk on his face, and then <laughs> said, "Well, I, I don't really remember what he said, but it was along the lines of possibly." 
his high pitched voice. Yeah, I have goosebumps now, you guys. No, it's just like those things where you get a good interview question and everybody else is all of a sudden like, that has to happen. Now right. that you asked that question and brought it to life, it has to happen. Right. And that's infamously what George R. R. Martin uh, will react to. I feel like he, he knows all the theories. He's like, none of your theories are correct. So he just has to keep coming up with new ones. So we have to keep this on the DL, is what I'm saying. Don't mm-hmm. tell anybody that you want Brandon Warg into a dragon, because if you do and George gets wind of it, it's not going to happen. So nobody tweet about this. Don't publish this on your little blogs. Don't do any of that. Just You have to make him think that it was his idea. Exactly. you got to inception that thing right into that man's <laughs> brain. Let me think. How do we do this? How do we incept him? I think that Bran should warg into goats, don't you guys? Yes. Anything but dragons. Yeah. If he warged into a dragon, that would be stupid. stupid I think that they shouldn't guy. put that in the show at all, ever. <laughs> I think he should focus on doing people more often. You know, he did Hodor. Yeah. And- Hodor's was was a, g- a good first step, yes. but really, what does it matter which king sits on the throne if you got Bran there who can just warg into them and make all the decisions Dang. for them? There you go. You solved the whole series, Eric. That might be even better than the dragon, oh. actually. That's better than a switching spell. I think so. Do you think it's symbolic at all that he falls again after that dragon scene? He falls from the tower, you see the dragon shadow over King's Landing, and then you see him fall again. I'd like to think that most of these shots were... Very well thought out. I'd like to think that yes. they had so much information behind how exactly the shot should be from this perspective because it meant this. And this is how it was we did George, Brand's right? Shots. This was his episode. I think it'll be interesting following the rest of Brand's journey, although I think it's pretty clear that we know where he's going. A large tree with red leaves mm-hmm. and an orange glow right behind it. So yeah, lots of rocks. Right. He knows where to look. It's like, have you ever seen City Slickers, the hand that points the way? Yeah. Is that the hunt for Curly's gold? Or that's yeah, well, that, you're talking about that is no that you know that is the hunt. Wait, the, I think that's the, the, the second too. one is that's is the is the hunt. Too. Yeah, the second one's the hunt, and there's the pyrite in the cave or whatever. Speaking right. of uh, Bran, though, yes, Bran. Uh, we yes. did get a uh, cool tweet from one of our listeners, Eric. You are our Twitter master, so I, I I leave this to you. No need to throw it over to me. You were going just fine. There. <laughs> You had it almost. You had the username almost out of your mouth. You know what it is. Micah got intimidated by this username. Let me let me shoot through this real quick. You're right. I am the, I am the master. You are the Twitter master. Lowercase X, capital X, open parentheses, capital S one, forward slash backslash forward slash backslash three zero bar forward slash bar. Close parentheses, capital X, lowercase x, at the fire of Belden on Twitter says, guys, Beautifully I think done. I found, <laughs> guys, I think I just found Brand's theme song. It's perfect. It is Arcade, uh, Arcade Fire's uh, cover of the song, My Body is a Cage. Mm. So we do want to thank at the fire of Belden. Uh, AKA lowercase X uh, for sharing that with us. Well, the fire of Belden was the only one who tweeted in. We did get, uh, several owns from listeners out there via the Tweety Bird. Isn't that right, Eric? That's right, Micah. And now's the portion of the show where we do discuss some of the things that happened in episode three of Game of Thrones, just sort of going off, piggybacking off the stuff we talked about on Monday's show. Uh, you know, I would like to start here with an email that we got from Kate Appleby. Kate, this is the Kate that wants to take your place on the show. Kate says in the email, uh, this is an own, my own for last Sunday's episode, 
goes to the hound for his lovely dinnertime prayer. Also, it's interesting to remember that the hound, while not a religious man, named his horse Stranger after the deity. Now, I didn't know that little particular fact of, about the hound's horse. Uh, I'm sure it appears in the books sooner or later at one point. But do we think that that's because the hound is particularly religious or the stranger is really the odd one out in terms of the seven, isn't he? The stranger's the one who the hound, even at dinner, is like, we hope the stranger doesn't come and cut our fucking throats. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. It's the weird one, right? It's the one that is the least known, and it really is an allegory for well, nobody the prays to him. I think mm -hmm. that's the thing. It, it, I mean, right. there are probably some people, like smugglers and pirates mm -hmm. and murderers and cannibals, but it's not really like on the positive side of the deities, I don't think. So the stranger's kind of that thing you can't control, though, in life. So so it is kind of fitting for the Hound, I think. But, I mean, also at least we know he doesn't completely hate naming everything. He still names a living thing with his horse, the stranger. That's true. He the stranger be totally is also like... a song by Billy Joel. There you go. <laughs> Trolling. <laughs> well, uh, Todd Kay also wrote in to us who says, The Molestown brothel owns frugality for washing and reusing their condoms oh wow this, i feel like this took like an eagle eye to notice we, we got we got a, a, a time stamp here apparently at 31 minutes into the episode um you know we have this we we may have been accused of having razor sharp vision uh, at times before while recapping shows <laughs> um but uh i give the own to todd gay here yeah uh, for for seeing that that was just something that was happening Clearly wasn't the focus of the episode or the focus of the scene, which occurred in Molestown, but somebody in Molestown was doing that in the background, and that is great mise-en-scene. Todd also let us know that uh, Kate owns the sexiest voice <laughs> on the internet. I don't know. I think that honor might go to Micah today. Yeah, Mr. Velvet Blanket. Yeah. Well, you know, guys, we've read some emails, but one thing we don't always make sure to read is some owns that have appeared to us recently on the Wicknet comments. And I have uh, two of them that I've collected for this episode. Uh, the first one coming from Valerian Plastic, who says, My own goes to Danny for Are that those in... the condoms? My... <laughs> <laughs> yes! Folded 50 times. Sorry. Just like ice. My own goes to Danny for that ingenious bit of psychological warfare with the barrels full of slave collars and chains... Plus, I probably won't be giving her many others as the plot progresses. <gasps> uh oh, okay, whatever. Uh, also, Jack Gleason gets an honorary own for staying still as a statue for that entire eight-minute scene. Yeah, I wanted to ask that on Monday's episode. That clearly wasn't like a model, right? Like, that's just totally Jack Gleason has to stay still yes. as a board. Yes, I was also very impressed. And And that must have brought on, I know there's been... Um, an article or two where I think it was uh, Nikolai was like, yeah, that whole scene we were just breaking up laughing. But how awkward must <laughs> Jack Gleason have felt that whole time? Because the scene's awkward to begin with. Also, Valerian Plastic said that, they, uh, that they're glad they carried over the funeral customs from the very first episode with John Aaron and the painted stones. I assume he means over the eyes. That's right. That's continuity right there. Another Wignet comment comes from John M.W., who says, great podcast, guys. It was nice listening to a well-tempered and balanced discussion of the episode. Not a lot of that going around today. Loved Kate's contributions as well. Hopefully she'll stop by often. And, oh, this one's to me, Eric. You were almost in my good graces today until you dumped cold water all over the phenomenal Tyrion slash Podrick scene. Damn, okay, let's talk right. about that again, guys. Let's do. There was a wonderful... 
tweet, uh, because uh, Pod brings in all this stuff, including duck sausage, whatever that is. It's not duck sauce. <laughs> we, we've talked about before duck sauce on the show. Duck sausage. The Twitter, uh, the tweet we got is from Lee at Rory Pond, and mm-hmm. it says the, the Pod gets the own for smuggling a Whole Foods to Tyrion's cell. I like that. <laughs> That's true. I thought that was Thanks, fun. Rory Pond. Uh, but, but Tyrion and Podrick, guys, it's the end of the week now. Do you feel like a lot is at stake with that? Will Pod escape, and uh, will Tyrion continue loving him? Mm-hmm. Does absence make yes. the heart feel fonder, or will he forget <laughs> about his loyalist squad? I think they'll be together one day. If you read the episode descriptions, uh, you learn a little bit about uh, where Pod is headed and what he's going to be up to. Oh, but no. uh, we won't do that because we're spoiler free. Is he an escape pod? But no. people. Oh, uh-huh, no. Uh-huh. Well, I think it's time for Kate reads the tweets in <laughs> however what? long it takes her yeah. or less. Read all these tweets, Kate. Go for it. Oh, man. She's got such a sexy voice. So. Guys, yeah. I'm going to do this she in must. my. I'm going to do my best Micah impression. Chase Matronga, C. Matronga30 says. Money buys a man's silence for a time. A bolt in the heart buys it forever. It's a quote from Lord Baelish. Um, I didn't do it quite as creepy because I... What, what is that? Like, money buys a man's silence for a time. A bolt <laughs> yeah. in the heart buys it forever. That's my best Lord Baelish And then you impression. need to sniff, sniff like you're that sniffing something. That was pretty something. good. I'm yeah, creeped out. I know. I need to, like, look her up and down really creepy. Yes. Um, I'm creeped out for Sansa. <laughs> thanks. Perfect. From what you just did. Oh, thank you. Um, Alex Minufar at Suddenly Zoo Bat Suddenly. Uh, says, give a man a fish, feed him for a day. Give a man a poison fish, feed him for a lifetime. That's true. That's true. That's very true. Uh, mm. Chase Matranga again. He says, Podrick for king. I 100% <laughs> agree with that. Hashtag Podrick 2014. Hashtag Podrick 2014. <laughs> Donovan McFlab at Wheeler Sucks. <laughs> that was a fun name. <laughs> Donovan McFlab says, my own goes to Oberyn for owning hashtag dadass. <laughs> that was I mean, quite the butt close up. I'm going to go ahead and uh, agree with that one. Um, yeah. Jill at Bowski 477 own goes to Davos for his smuggling pro tip. Hashtag you're doing it wrong. <laughs> Davos. Matt Hatter at Mattersley says that Molestown worker owned that sheepskin prophylactic. Apparently, yeah, we're did. just the only people who didn't notice this. We missed the comment. Abraham Balt Bacon. Abraham Bacon. Abraham Bacon <laughs> trademark at Party Pig Pod owned our hearts. Yeah, very true. He did. Uh, Ida Askov <laughs> at Forever a Star Kid Steer Badass Magnar Thin owns everything all the time. Hashtag Cray Cannibal. <laughs> Best hashtag so far I'm tonight, so I think. pleased <laughs> with people's Twitter handles and their their hashtags this week. I think we should uh, we should have Eric read the cool posts from listeners on Facebook. What do you think, Eric? I will take that challenge, Kate. We do ask fairly uh, often that you scrawl upon our wall, not just owns, but as well uh, interesting things as well. From Chelsea Wilson, and she says, This really had me laughing my butt off. Uh, this is a diagram. Now, Micah, you'll, maybe you can shed some light on this. It's a diagram she shared that has show Dario on one side and book Dario Naharis on the other side. Yeah, I saw this actually when she posted it to our wall. Can you talk about this a little bit? <laughs> well, basically they're saying that they're not the same person. That's... <laughs> And not just because he's been recast. Zach, do you see how gleeful 
the other the the the, the book was, Dario no, looks a colorful they character. Always, they always describe him as having like a purple goatee or like a braided beard all the way down to his chest. He's got like rain. He really does have a different color of hair every time Danny sees him in these books. And he wears like a different color sock, and he has different color that leggings. Is, that is not an exaggeration. He's wacky in the books. And this Dario, I, I keep seeing him on screen and being like, who is that character? Oh, that's Dar that's Dario. Okay. He's kinda hot. But in the books you're like, why is she interested in this crazy mofo? He's insane. He does. He looks like a glorious rainbow angel. So her interest in, in, your in mind. him is legit, like totally comes over from the books, but he's kind of more worth uh a girl's fancy in the show yeah. we don't really ha- have any interest for him in the show yet though do we i mean does I she think, like him? i think she does i think his wink in this episode which we talked about mm-hmm. yeah i i think and even in in the last season i think i thought yeah, they were totally good after yes they free young guy when he drops off the heads in front of her um and and like lets them roll out she's like mm. but um it's kind of like those characters like uh say Patchface, for instance which is kind of quirky kind of really friggin weird um right and they have important things to add to the overall story um like Patchface's many references to gods and things but ultimately it's a little too weird or a little it just had to be consolidated or shaped down marjoline s mooney shared with us a link from Slate.com, where you can apparently mourn dead, that's M-O-U-R-N, remember we talked about that on Monday, where you can mourn dead Game of Thrones characters at their virtual graveyard. That sounds perfect. (laughs) I have to click on this right now. It's pretty morbid. Who's winning? Rob Stark gets a lot of flowers. Okay. Who's got the flower for a fallen character? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, from, this is Ned. written by Kate Blair, another Kate on the internet. There are so many There's Kates so on the many internet. of us. I know. It's like Highlander. I got to do battle with all of them. Ned Stark looks like he has the most flowers. Good job, Ned Stark. Yeah. 40,990 40, flowers. For the 6,000 people who laid flowers at Mykos grave, that's a Mary Ma story got shit. Neither does Lobby for that matter. <laughs> <laughs> Mary Ma story, man, she said some crazy shit when she was getting burnt by fire. What didn't she? She was a babe though, wasn't she, Zach? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh, who has the fewest Orel? <laughs> this goddamn eagle. Or hawk or whatever the hell. No, Craster, all the bad guys don't have many flowers. I'm glad. You know, for the fourteen thousand or 1,400 people who left flowers by the tickler. Yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah. Pyat Pri, also pretty low, 1,300. Um, I feel like this is cool. So, so you can actually leave flowers for your dearly or not so dearly departed Game of Thrones characters. I hope that this uh, continues to be updated. Of course, the Game of Thrones graveyard's tagline is all men must die. I feel like that's fairly uh, written to be included in that way. Um made to be abused and it looks like there are some ravens above some of these uh graves yeah here. those are the um the grave ravens night's watch yeah the gravens if you would like to uh send us some interesting piece of thrones uh anything yeah basically anything really i mean you can do so by scrolling upon our wall on facebook like eric just shared facebook.com slash game of owens he also read some tweets earlier so you can tweet at us at game of owens on twitter you can also email us. I believe you read a few of those. Contact at gameofowns.com and uh, leave a comment or two or three or four on winteriscoming.net. We do read those from time to time as well. But you know what else there is, guys? Um, what? iTunes. iTunes. Yes. iTunes. 
We did get a fair number of reviews here on iTunes over the last uh, couple of days or week or so, and uh, I'd like to share some of them with you, albeit very quickly. Please do. I'm going to get tucked in in my velvety blanket. All right. First one here from Boot Songs. They say, you guys rock. Writing this only to help you guys get more listeners and encourage you to keep going. Thanks, man. Thank you. Uh, Careboo. These gents are a class act for a refreshing take on all things Game of Thrones. This is my go-to podcast. Intelligent, insightful commentary make for fun and easy listening. Having been a fan of a Song of Ice and Fire series for a few years, I really appreciate this cast's fresh take on the material. Thanks, Game of Owns. This podcast owns my fangirl. Heart. Heart. Yep. Heart. Next one here from MPCA. I feel like we've seen that name somewhere before. They just say... Five stars, five stars, five stars, five stars, five, 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 star, stars, five stars, five stars, five, five, stars, five stars, five stars, five stars, dash, five stars. Nothing but a five star, and she actually included a star there. That was pretty impressive. Review will do. Probably didn't make a whole lot of sense to people, but uh, there you have it. Lady Arya Stark says, Bravos has to get my own, so we're throwing owns into reviews now. Uh, <laughs> not shown on the map and no current character shown, but it's the most talked about place in Westeros. Very true. There you go. Egret uh, owns Gilly, in my opinion, in regards to being a dangerous wildling. Come on, Gilly. You should know better. <laughs> yeah, Gilly. Another review here from Kyle, or it could be Kylie. You never know. Um, fracking fantastic podcast. These guys and girl are so good at what they do. Uh, entertaining and informative. I am trying desperately to get up to date, but I'm still back in September of 2013. Uh, I listened to goo while at work as a custom metal worker. I'm debating on making a crown. And, uh, two out of two listeners found this review helpful. Well, won't won't she be surprised in a year and a half when she gets to the April 2014 podcast and here's uh, the review read? <laughs> right, mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. Kyle, send us a photograph of your crown, please. Two more reviews, really quick. Uh, first one is from Way to Quit Way with the title "Funny." <laughs> they say funny people with a lot of information. So thank you. Oh. Mm. And uh, Bowski477, which I believe we read something from them earlier uh, in this episode, has this to say. Hodor, 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 Hodor. Hodor, Hodor, Hodor. Wise words. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I disagree. That was very kind. <laughs> so if you would like to leave a review, just head on over to iTunes. In the month of April, nothing less than five stars is acceptable. Thank you. That's it. It's a Friday. Ready for the weekend, aren't you? I exactly. welcome it. I saw him just peace out of the dock. Did I? <laughs> I did. Oh, Micah just peace out. If you, if you people would do us a favor, could you go online to that website that Eric talked about before and uh, leave us a few flowers for this episode? Because it's dead. <laughs> Cue the strings now. See you on Monday, everybody. Yeah. Have I'm a good looking weekend. looking forward to... Yeah. Don't break any oaths. Right? Keep them.
That's still a whole lot of times. <laughs> it is, if you think about it. <laughs> it is. It's quite a few. All right, all right. Um, you know, I wonder if... Oh, there he says it. He says, I know what we have to do. He says, I know where we have to go. There you go. It says it in the title of the uh, clip. <laughs> <laughs> I was elected to lead, not to read. Does, hey, Micah, does Billy Joel sleep? Inside Madison Square Gardens now, because it's every one. Day, it's just a singular garden. Every, <laughs> he doesn't have his own garden. Does he sleep there? Yes, I think he does. He just plays there every night. I I get that. I get updates on Twitter from him every day. He's at Madison Square Garden doing another concert. You guys, thank you, you so much for having me on the podcast. Yeah, um, thanks, Kate, for joining us. This get the is fuck off. <laughs> Mr. Yeah. Velvet Blanket. <laughs> you know, I just noticed that some... This episode's going straight to hell. Why does Zach have such a bad case of the giggles today? What is going on? Guys, I swear to God. The... The best points and the, and the smartest things to say. And wow. <laughs> is this is this because I called your voice a velvety blanket? I'm yeah, through with this well, shit. maybe. But, uh... <laughs> that didn't hurt your chant, your odds here. I think that I don't know what I'm gonna say. So And finally, my voice cracked. I'm becoming a man. <laughs> <clears throat>